Welcome back to Joystick and Mouse video game news and reviews for all of you filthy casuals out there. My name is Alex. I go by Cross in the game community. And with me, as always, is Diddy. Howdy, folks. And Jay Dimes. What's up, peoples? We're live on twitch.tv slash alexalbisu every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, as long as my computer doesn't shit on me, in which case we do it at 8.18 p.m. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on with this computer. It's being stupid. And that's I'd fine. harass you and Good tell you computer. that you needed to buy a new computer, but I feel like that'd be a little disappointing. Everybody like my new background? Yeah, look at Diddy's oh, new background awesome. if you see it. Isn't that great? Isn't yeah, that great? No, 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 I love that's that. awesome. Um, so we got some news topics to talk about today. Um, we're going to be talking about how Diablo is coming to a phone near you. Finally! Finally! Uh, Anthem is getting a full makeover, and zombie skeletons invade Red Dead Online. What's that all about? Diddy's going to tell us. All coming up next on Joystick and Mouse. Before we do that, what's going on with you dudes? How's everything in the world of uh, of Diddy and uh, J Dimes? Diddy, why don't we start with you? Uh, when I'm not falling over, I'm fine. <laughs> Stay upright, Diddy. Oh, Stay yeah, man. Uh, God, I got another ear infection. Yeah, that and sucks. It, uh, actually, to the point where Saturday I had to go to urgent care. Oh, you had to go like, to urgent care for that? Yeah, it was bad. I, my my ear was just killing me. Mm. Was like stabby stabby pains in the ear. Not good. Not so uh, yeah, on the horse pill, amoxicillin Oof. stuff, which of course tears up your stomach. But because it's your ears and your inner ear and it's clearing up every time you stand up, it's just like whoa, world spinning bad. <laughs> I can't even yeah. have amoxicillin. I'm allergic to it. So is Aria. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Will gets really bad earaches. I mean, ear infections. Does like, he? Yeah. I keep asking the dude, like, how many more ear infections does he have to get before y'all put tubes back in his ears? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm going to, I need to go. So I'm going to go see an EN, ENT and see if they'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. His are bad enough that at this point, um, like he doesn't even like by the time he feels like he's got an ear infection, like that thing is like full blown nastiness. That sucks, dude. Yeah, and at his, I mean, like usually that happens to kids like Arya's age, and it stops in the teens, and then here you are, old man Don getting freaking. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, dude. And I didn't yeah. have problems with my ears either, not normally, but the last. Well, I was a diver in high school. Ah, I had some problems then, but once I got out, it was fine. But the last couple of years, I've been pretty bad. So that sucks, man. But, well, uh, Jay Dimes, what's going on with you? Oh man, nothing much. You know, just working it out, picking the division two back up. Mm. Um, I well, I told y'all I finished Saga. Did a lot of barbecuing this weekend. How's that gazebo? Ah, oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I said, did I show you the pictures with the lights attached? No. Well, today's the day to try it out, man. Well, no. So, like, I did a I did a ten pound shoulder uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, uh, and then I did burgers. Nice. And then I made chicken. So, like, we've got dinner for the week, dude. That's great. That's uh, a, yeah, that's last a night I had a cheeseburger with pulled pork on top of it. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Very good. Um, speaking of food, we're in we're in this mode of like crock pot uh, cooking. Like we've got this entire booklet full of like crock pot recipes 
where uh, it's like weeks worth of crockpot recipes. So we're gonna try that out for some time. Uh, I've got, uh, we just made this chicken Parmesan stuff tonight and it was legit. Deanna uh, put it all together this morning. My entire house smelled like an Italian kitchen for about, you know, six hours. It was, it was great. And you're not That's the greatest right? thing about the crock pot. Yeah, this, it, the whole house smells. It's amazing. So so what you do, though, is that, you know, you have to put cheese on top about 30 minutes um, after it's done cooking. And you let that cook on high for about 30 minutes. And then you just set it to warm and you just kind of like let it chill there. And then you end up uh, uh, putting some like breadcrumbs and a... And like, well, really, all it is is like you can get the Italian breadcrumb mix... And then you put about two tablespoons of butter, melt that, and then you just stir it all together and let that cook for about four minutes. You just top it and you know sprinkle a little bit of that goodness on there. Oh, it was legit, guys. Put it over some well, spaghetti noodles. You put, mm. you put the magic sauce in. What's the magic sauce? Is there weed in it? Butter. Oh. Butter. <laughs> put butter in anything. It he tastes said, good. Is there weed yeah. in it? Uh, it was good, guys. It was real good. So, um... Anyway, yeah, that, that was that was what was for dinner here. Otherwise, we're, we're dealing with potty training. <sighs> Guys, well, this, that's that going to be a topic for itself on, on the Dad Chronicle because that was brutal. That is, it, it is brutal. She pees at school, but she will not pee here at home. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm not one Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, enough about what's going on in our lives. I think that we have some news topics to get into. So um, first, let's uh, let's dive into the first topic. Here's our new segment. It's time for the news. So first things first, uh, we have some Diablo Immortal news. Uh, like for the first time since that whole debacle, but we're going to jump into it. It's going to be fine. So Diablo Immortal is uh, entering alpha in 2020. Uh, this is finally happening. Um, and I've actually been fairly excited to check this out when it finally kind of comes into uh, our hands on the mobile devices. Uh, so Diablo Immortal will be entering alpha phase this year, according to Activision. The publisher discussed the topic during the latest investors call. Activision also detailed the progress of the Diablo Immortal project during the call as reported by GameSpot. So, Let's think about what this kind of means for for Blizzard uh, to kind of jump into this mobile space in this regard. Um, one, I, I think, first of all, Diablo, and we talked about this when it was announced at a very base level, it would be great on a on a PC and you know on or I'm sorry on a mobile phone. Uh, you know, I think that that would be a great. Uh, sort of concept. It works really well with other titles with similar kind of dungeon crawlery sort of goodness. So, so that in itself is great. Um, the vision for the story itself. Uh, this article kind of gives us some some more detail about that. Takes place in between Diablo two and three, and it uh, gives you some more context as to what happened with the story during that. So, I think from a playability perspective. Great. From a story perspective, cool. I'm I'm interested in learning what happened there. Um, I just hope to God 
that they're like ready to put this thing out. <laughs> like when it, when it actually gets out of alpha phase, uh, they've been dealing with a lot of backlash on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm it's there's growing concern for me as a Blizzard consumer that uh, they might be kind of losing it, losing me in a, in a couple of ways. Um, I'm certainly going to try this just being a Blizzard fanboy. But uh, Don, as the fellow Blizzard enthusiast, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I want to know what the hell took them so long because I played this at BlizzCon two years ago. And how did it play? And it was fantastic. Right. And I was like, this is ready. Why isn't this out? Now, I don't know whether all they had was that level, that little bit done, and how all the characters finished. But man, what I played was pretty damn polished. It was, it was a good game. Um, so I, I was looking forward a lot sooner than this. Um, my other thing is, man, I didn't know investor calls were public, but they should never leak. <laughs> there are so many things that get leaked after an investor call. I oh. wouldn't let anybody on them ever again. <laughs> well, I mean, but here's the thing about that. Like it's the investors who are leaking it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, man, can't, can you not just keep your mouth shut? For nope. One? But I think it's also to be expected but with a publicly it. traded company like like Activision um, Blizzard. It's I'm not sure that there's anything that's going to be discussed on that that wouldn't be shared publicly anyways because it's a shareholder call. That means if you're a shareholder of Blizzard, which me, I, I could go on that call if I wanted to and listen to what they have yep. to say. If I inv- I don't have money invested in Blizzard, um, not sure I would, but I think I think that's something to be said. Uh, I don't I don't see that as necessarily a surprise. So um, no, not not really. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. This is this is one of those. It looked really good two BlizzCons ago. Yeah. So so I'm really looking forward to it. So what do you uh, what are you most looking forward to um based on what you saw what is the big hype around this game do you think Well it's Diablo I mean Diablo is a great time killer if you just want to go you know nuke stuff <laughs> it's just it's a great time waster so like you know you're sitting in an airport or you know waiting at the dentist office or something like that this is a great thing to fire up your phone and have at it for a while. You know, I am going to be curious about how, like, actually pick up and play it is. Um, because I think there... So so when I play Diablo, it's always like, okay, let me get to the way gate. Let me get to the way gate so I can get back to town. How is that going to work when you actually have to be like, you know, you're playing then and then the receptionist calls your name. Oh, you know, let me... And, you know, you close your phone or whatever with a uh with a mobile game like that because I feel like there's like an online presence that you would have to take into consideration too, right? Like how is I'm I'm just curious about how all that how all that's going to work with that sort of game. I mean, I'm sure they figured it out, but it'll be it'll be curious, you know? Yeah, I think I I don't know how the save games will work again at we only had one small portion to play. Yeah, and by the way, so we're going to get uh, pretty much all the tunes that we've experienced with Diablo 3 
Um, so uh, you're going to have Barbarian, Crusader, Demon Hunter, Monk, Wizard, and Necromancer. Uh, this picture of the Necromancer, if you're watching live, is pretty badass. Uh, I love Necromancer. I'm always a fan is of so much fun. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have played that in Diablo 3. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. So much fun. I'm a fan of Necromancers in all sorts of uh, games, so I really enjoy that. Um, Very good. Well, J-Dimes, you're on to the next uh, article. Why don't you uh, take it from here? All right. Bioware is now working on a long, longer-term redesign of Anthem, as General Manager Casey Hudson confirmed in a new blog post reflecting on the game's troubled history and fundamental problems. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell I, I well, I played like maybe a half hour of Anthem in the beta, but I cannot remember a game that had such a sharp fall off from excitement and anticipation to like forget it. Yep. Yeah, it it pretty much got skewered now, i didn't i personally didn't think it was quite as bad as everybody made it out to be i think it suffered from the same thing a lot of games suffer from is once you got through the initial portion of it what did you do you know there was nothing to do after that yeah well i mean it just became so repetitive where you're like i mean the same could be said about a lot of games but i think there's this like threshold of how long do i wait until i actually hit that like wall of grind and repetition and you're right this game hit it really fast i loved what i played at first and i remember just starkly hitting this like well not interested in it anymore i'm glad i didn't spend you know uh 60 on the game i did the you uh no not you play yeah. uh what is it the the ea game pass thing origin origin thank you so i think that that's because you were really about this game oh i was all about it dude i and i know a lot of people that were too and all of us pretty much at the same time were like hey you don't like this right Nah, it's kind of dumb like we were we were all just in a at a point where like there was nothing to really do in that game we didn't see the benefit of it uh the story felt repetitive it didn't it didn't really feel um and by the way that's the story not getting to the end of the game felt repetitive. But also, like, when you think about the tasks that, that you had, like, nothing felt meaningful to me in the game. And, like, it was, and it was sort of the same mission over and over and over. Yeah, like, it was, it's a Bioware game, man. Like, this is what... Yeah. This is what you do. You create story, meaningful story, and they and they failed in that department. Um. So that was kind of a shame, but I, I really, and it was funny because I was, I was looking at Twitter and, and, uh, Patrick Beja was talking about it as well. And he was like, he's kind of the same as me, maybe an eternal optimist or something, but like he, he said, I, he wishes or he hopes that that game kind of turns it around. And I would agree. I think that that's sort of like uh destiny. Yeah. I, I hope it kind of pulls itself together a bit. Me too, because the concept was fun. The concept was really good. Yeah, graphically, uh, it's about beautiful. About the squads and the yeah, and working together and having to have the different types, you know, to create a to finish a mission and that kind of thing it was really good. Um, good concept, just poor execution. 
Yeah, it seems like a lot of these games, especially shooter-style games, have just not really understood trying to implement like a dungeon crawler feel to a game. Um, I mean, Anthem has suffered from this. We just talked about it. Mm -hmm. I think both of the Division games have kind of run into certain issues as it goes to that. Um, Destiny, the first Destiny, definitely, I think, had a fall off where people just felt like they ran out of things to do. Um, I don't know if the second one has had as much of an issue. Um, I mean, there was a period of time, I guess, with Destiny 2. People were unhappy with it, and they went back to the first division because they had finally kind of gotten their thing together. But mm. um, I, I find it interesting that it seems like a lot of the game developers that do these shooters, you know, they're really trying to tap into something that, you know, has typically been more the lane of like your world of Warcraft, your Diablos and such. And they just, they're not succeeding in it at all. Yeah. I think that yeah. what we were going to see. So, so first of all, what, what you talked about there, there's this constant um, reminder for me that if you slow down and you take your time and, and you make a good quality product, you're going to nail it. And a lot of the failures that we're seeing in regards to this are, it feels like everything's been rushed. This yep. is the, a lot of game developers are guilty of this. A lot of big publishers are guilty of this. Well, and um, you know what? A lot of that goes back to the same way, you know, that we were just talking about. Uh, for the Diablo with these investor calls, it mm -hmm. goes back to these investors and trying to keep investors happy. And sometimes that means you don't make the decision that is best for the consumer. Mm -hmm. You make the decision that supposedly is best for the bottom line, but it'll bite you in the ass eventually. I mean, uh, what is it? It's going to be, uh, instant gratification in that regard as as yeah. a uh, from from a smart business sense up front it makes total sense to like let's get that thing out let's get immediate income and then maybe pay some of the, some of the discrepancy or you know the difference in, in the bottom line you know from that immediate sale but I'll tell you what that erodes your uh, your confidence as a consumer and your credibility as a publisher when you continue you, to you do know that what I'd like again. to see. I would like to see a comparison in profit on a game like Anthem or um, like a Diablo or a Call of Duty where they have these, maybe yeah, some would say unrealistic production deadlines versus a game like Grand Theft Auto V, right? Where they took their time and made a great game, they spent a lot of money up front in development. I feel like they've recouped a lot of it. <laughs> oh, the, it's like one of the well, best-selling yeah. games. In, it is the best-selling game, isn't it? Didn't they just say that? Pretty not, sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think I just saw that not too long ago. Whatever way it's you cut it, people have bought that game numerous times, me being one of them. I had yeah, it I on bought place. bought it at least on, twice. Yeah, I've I, bought I it least. at least twice and haven't played it at all. Dude, oh, it's so uh, good. <laughs> I think so it's still good. sitting on my Not shelf only that, in I the bought, cellophane. I bought that. I bought San Andreas. I bought 
I yeah. dull the deals. And now I think it. it's on Game Pass now. Is it really? I feel Maybe. like it might be. So so here's a uh here's something for the game developers. Game developers, story is important. Well that's it is yeah. the yeah. most important thing. You can have a great game that plays well. It doesn't have any story. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's I think gonna care. I know a lot of people that don't give two shits about story though. Like they they could go all like for instance, I have some friends who all they want to do in Call of Duty is just play the multiplayer. They, well, they don't okay. even care. But I think that's I think that's a different I think that's a different beast. Right? Because Call of Duty, I think what people are going for is the PvP interaction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They just want to play against people. Um but to whereas me also I, I feel like in a lot of these games, these these like Anthem and Division and other games, people want the story. It, it like you don't go in for the PvP. Yeah. You go in for good PvE and a good story. Although one can make the one can make the argument that, you know, Call of Duty, even though they were selling buckets of games, um, ran into a downturn because people got tired of the lack of innovation. You know, they were just taking yeah. the same game and slapping a different skin on it. Well, and it worked for a that, long time. The story didn't change, right? They they changed venues, but the story was the same. Yeah, I mean, and for a while, Call of Duty had very good stories. I was never a big multiplayer in Call of Duty. I, I loved playing the stories. And so I think, like, the Modern Warfare series had great stories. The Black Ops uh, series had uh, great stories. And then they mm -hmm. came out with that trash Ghost. Yo, don't talk and, about Ghost yeah. that way. I love Ghost. It wasn't very good, but... But oh, Black Ops crazy. was phenomenal. Yeah, it was a phenomenal. It was story. great. Yeah, the best. Listen, fight me, Alex. Ghost, <laughs> Ghost was terrible. Now you know why I love. It loved, was terrible. Uh, I'll tell you one of the reasons why I love Ghost so much. You know how you had the dog. Um, okay. I had just gotten Bailey, and uh, Bailey's our our oldest dog. For those of you listening um, who may not be familiar with the dogs. We have Bailey and Finn, and we had just gotten Bailey. We had just gotten married. Two months later, we get our first dog. We still have her to this day. She's a ball of anxiety. It's great. Um, and with that ball of anxiety comes a lot of, of uh, Chewbacca noises is what I like to call them. But lots of, you know, and, and she's constantly uh, whining and stuff like that. And it's, it's cute to a point, sure. But uh, one of the things that game did was you'd have the dog running around and then yeah. whine whenever there would be an enemy or something close. And Bailey, when we were trying to like get her accustomed to the house and like all this other stuff, would she started out just hiding behind one of the chairs in our living room when we were living in Alexandria at the time. And um, the dog in that game, the noises it made, made Bailey kind of come out and she started making some of the noises and looking and cocking her head to the side. And, and it made this, it makes for this, really endearing kind of memory to me that that reminds me of when we first got Bailey S outside of that on a more, uh, you know, kind of gamer focused reason rather than nostalgia. I loved how it kind of reminded me a little bit of the halo. It had a little bit of that halo uh, reach effect for me where it's like 
you're a couple you're some of the most badass ghosts you know like you were like the most badass soldiers and you're off on this badass mission to do badass things and i think that's super cool that's you already that in black ops I, I don't like. I'm mean, not wrong they there had, at all, but that's they just... had the they had the mechanics and the character makeup in Ghost to make a very good story. I just don't think they succeeded. At it. Well, here here's something. Sam in in the chat is is a great example of somebody who is uh, on the opposite spectrum of this, saying you know uh, he's not in it for the narrative. Uh, he doesn't care about the story in Overwatch. He just likes. Overwatch. It's nice lore well, and attention but to Overwatch detail. Overwatch doesn't but give you a story, does it? It does. Oh my yeah. god, the lore and the lore and story in Overwatch is it's insane. It's extensive. Yeah, it's great. Right. I mean, not that I've played no, an entire. That is a ba- It's it's a well, it's not a battle royale, but it it is a PvP game. Mm-hmm. Period. So you either like that or you don't. I love the story in Overwatch, but I don't play. Because I'm terrible at PvP. <laughs> Fair enough. I remember uh, enough. playing with Don and in Overwatch. You gave it a good shot, but you you just got so frustrated at it. Yeah, it's just too quick, too fast for me to yeah. to, to think that quickly. <laughs> they say I'm a grumpy old man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just old. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the I'm next. I'm uh, really looking forward to, to Overwatch having a, a campaign. Oh yeah, no, me too. I think that's gonna be good. Um, Don, let's talk about the next uh, the next item on the list. You're up. All right, as they are wanting to do. Yes, hackers are at it again. Fortunately, Red Dead Red Dead Online hackers are usually funny folks. Now it seems that the dead are coming back to life. And no, it's not a belated Halloween event or sneak reveal of a new Undead Nightmare DLC, skeletons are being raised and sent after players to sock them in the face, brawler style. So, apparently hackers have have hacked into... I I would... So, being being a a software developer, I would love to know how they did this, but um, they've hacked into the game and they've created these two-headed... Um, skeletons that will just run up and attack players. <laughs> They're punching you in the face. <laughs> they just start beating on you. The, okay, so the very you gotta first love time it. You do. it would be you definitely hilarious the very first time. The very first time it would be hilarious. After that, it would be really annoying. But the videos are hysterical. Oh, so funny, dude. The videos are great. Um, I as somebody that's all for modding and all for hacking, I love some of this stuff. But I don't think this one goes too far. I think it goes too far when they drop 30 of them in on one person. You know, you got to wonder, though, what are these guys doing that their games are getting hacked like this? And, and that's what that's why I would love. To, I would love to see the technical reasons behind this, how they how they were able to do it. Um because it's not like that. You don't have mods in Red Dead Online, not that I know of. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you do either. Well, no, no, I don't think you do either. Because I'm pretty sure it follows the same rules as something like Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, same developer, yeah. same sort of platform. 
But you know what I've been told is that some of these exploits come from legal ways of doing things in the PC versions of the game. And I guess sometimes they can get access to some code in the PC versions that will allow them to do things in the console version. I don't know how true that is, but I feel like yeah. I heard that about maybe it was uh maybe it's one of the Fallout games. Hmm. Okay. That was yeah. a thing about I'm glad this one's harmless, relatively harmless. But yeah, I mean, what if one of these things comes hilarious. up and bops you like right after you've beat a boss? Yes, you don't get what you I think that's the point is Man. people have been trying to finish missions and they're at the very end of the mission, and all of a sudden two or three of these things pop spawn up and start beating on you so you can't finish that'll the make mission. you want to fight <laughs> but like if, you're, if you're watching gun, they, they run away though if you're watching the video right now on on twitch and, like and you the, see like and the, they're the, immune you can't hurt you can't hit them <laughs> yeah like he's just oh. dodging everything and then he just runs away <laughs> like the skeleton like comes up and starts beating his ass and then he just runs away <laughs> he pulls out his gun and he's going into dead eye mode or whatever and he can't even hit him that's not okay. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's not okay. But the <sighs> skeleton just runs away. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people, Will always gets me gets on me about this. Like, I play a game, I want to relax. I don't want to be worked up. Like, I'm not in here to play a game and end up angry when I get done. So I don't have a problem playing stuff on easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I feel you. I yeah. want the experience. Oh, oh I feel you. And, and this this would drive me insane. It's why I don't go in the dark zone in Division Two. Like I just don't want the added stress in my gameplay. Like like What's I wrong said, with it, the man? first time it would be funny. It would be funny the first time. Uh, the the third or the fifth time it would be really. The second annoying. time I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Tim is getting all worked up like, about this. I want to know where you live. Why are you ruining my... That's so funny, man. Well, if uh, you guys at home have any thoughts on the uh, the news topics here today, you can email us, Joyce Sigamas, I, I, at gmail.com. It's hilarious. When you pull out the gun, it just runs away. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. funny. It's like, no, no, okay, okay, hey, hey, calm down, calm down, and just starts running. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh <laughs> Well, we have some full stream news, uh, full stream ahead news, I should say. Tim, uh, you're up. Here's our full stream ahead. Tim, you got the news article? Yeah, my guy, Phil Spencer, Microsoft's head of Xbox, hasn't been worried about the console wars for some time. In a recent interview, he made clear whom Microsoft views as its comp competition. Yeah, what are your thoughts I would on this? I'd like to say we called this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so the two people that they are that he's worried about. I think it's very interesting that these are not companies that currently make games that are going to compete with what Microsoft is offering. They are companies that have infrastructures that can rival Microsoft's infrastructure. Yep. I think this definitely shows where Microsoft is looking. And Cloud what they, computing. what they, uh, <laughs> they view their future is. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, we, we kind of, we've been talking about this. Like, I, I believe we touched on this news very briefly last time, but it's worth talking about in a little bit more depth. So when we think about where the marketplace is going, a lot of people think 
Microsoft has a big ego not talking about um, Sony as a major competitor. Here's the thing. Uh, they don't have a big ego. They're, they're very much looking ahead at the future. And another thing that we've talked about on the show before is how, and Nintendo's guilty of this too, Sony does th- its thing really, really well. And that thing is they make a console, they find some really fucking good uh, titles to throw on that thing, and then they end up, uh, you know, giving you a great experience with that awesome title, playing that awesome game, and that's about it. They they uh, they try getting into the VR space. The VR space that they're in, it's fine. I don't think that they're investing heavily in it. In fact, the opposite is happening because they just shut down that studio that was developed or. They they either shut down the studio or they canceled the the uh, they, exclusive title that they were. They canceled the title. Yeah, so uh, they're they're kind of taking steps away from the innovation piece, and even when it comes to VR innovation, they're really not all that innovative. When we think about uh, cloud computing for PlayStation, uh, there's nothing like we don't really hear about it. They're going to be that on prem. Like if I think about. The, the, the world of cloud computing. And when big companies are looking at investing in cloud, uh, you you have either the people that uh, are developing SaaS and developing yeah software platforms as a service, and then you have the companies that stay on-prem and, and have you invest in your own on-prem platform that you just run from your own infrastructure, which is a different type of expenditure. That is kind of where Sony is in my mind, and I'm sure in mm-hmm. Phil Spencer's mind as well. When we think about other competitors like Amazon, uh, Facebook, Google, um, let's see, who else? Uh, NVIDIA. You, you, the, the list kind of goes on. So I think, I, I think that when we think of, uh, of Xbox being cocky and not considering Nintendo and PlayStation Sony in this conversation, of course... When they start investing in infrastructure to do cloud computing, yeah, of course they're going to be in that list. But people need to like see the bigger picture here um, and not get so caught up in you know Microsoft elitism. That's not what this is. This is a this is very much a realistic business concern that Microsoft has because it's really just going to take, I think. A, a bit of magic like that that is certainly possible on Google's and Amazon's side to just kind of they, they just need like a little nudge in the right direction and they will be a serious threat to, to Microsoft. But as it stands today, I think Microsoft is poised to be the leader in this cloud gaming um, capacity. What are your all's thoughts? Uh, I. Well. I, I know Jay Dime said this before, and I thought it was was not going to be Microsoft, but I think Microsoft now has the leg up on everybody else. Because not only do they have established IPs, but they also have the infrastructure to, uh, to pull it off, and they got the money. So I, I don't know how Amazon or Google dethrone them as 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 the king 
I think it's I think it's gonna I, be oh, no go ahead go ahead finish your thought. Oh, I was gonna say I think oh. the thing that Don just said, the money. Yeah. I think that's the big separating factor between Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Microsoft has the kind of money that Amazon and Google have. Oh yeah. And even Apple. Yeah. I mean, to an extent. I mean, Apple's still out ahead of all those other three, but they're in they're playing in the same kind of space. But but Apple knows their their lane, right? Like they're that's, not gonna yeah, no, yeah. they're not gonna they're not they're not gonna go out here and get in the console. Um, now, now watch, we're saying that and then but tomorrow yeah, when you they're say that what they bring you out know, this, this Apple game stuff and so no I'm gonna tell what what Apple will do first before they do that is they'll partner with one of these other services for for a year or two. It's to get the to get the culture used to this gaming thing. And then they'll do their own thing. But but we've got a step for Apple before And they'll they'll make it so that you you can launch a a Microsoft Game Pass app on your Apple TV and uh use your Google Stadia controller to uh to, yeah. to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what they'll do. Um but I think Microsoft has never had a, a money issue. Money's no. never been a problem. Nope. Um as far as development and pushing product and that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Sony, you hear that consistently. Like they really have to watch their bottom line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that causes them to be very conservative. Uh, it and does. again, it's not except it, well, for when it comes to purchasing studio. It causes them to be I've always focused. But the but, but you look at the studios that they purchase, dude. They're it's it's uh it's way less haphazard than than Microsoft is with some of the Microsoft studios yeah. that they buy. Right, right, right. It's yeah. very intentional. So I think that I think that like I was gonna say it's not necessarily a bad thing that that Sony plays in their role like and plays it safe. I don't I don't want it that to sound like a a bad thing, but it might be a bad thing. It's probably gonna be a bad thing when it comes to bite them in the ass and they don't have the infrastructure to keep up the PlayStation line. Because everybody and their mother is moving to cloud. Mm -hmm. But uh, what will save them if they do decide to move to cloud, and I don't think it's going to be too late for them to do it um, ever, really, because of their IPs, like like some of the, the exclusives. Uncharted people buy a PlayStation, me included, just to play Uncharted. Yep. So, well, I, I buy a PlayStation just to play God of War. Bingo. That's it. So and that's the sort of clout that they have at their disposal. They just don't take the risk yet, and so we'll we'll very much see like what we'll we'll see what happens. So, um, all right, well, good. Now we have a game review to go on, and uh, actually, this is my game review. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of I'm kind of excited to talk about this. I don't believe that we've talked about it because uh, it's it's an older game. But either way, let's jump right into it. Yes, and the reviews were so mixed. I'm surprised. So the the game that I'm bringing to the table today is Mario Odyssey. I don't think that we've talked about this. Are you sure? It's about three years old. I don't think so. I don't think that we've talked about this. Uh, I finally sat down and played through the entire thing. And when I played through the entire thing, um, and I'll bring up a little bit of a visual for friends on... Uh, on uh, Twitch right now. When I uh, 
so so I ended up playing through. Let me think. I I, I started it right before the holiday season, and then I ended up uh, beating it just over the weekend. I started playing this game once uh, through. Let me think. Like, when did you let me borrow it, Tim? Not too long after it came out because I didn't get into it. Okay, so it was yeah. So when I started playing this game, uh, really real realistically, it was like right before the holidays, and and uh, I, I did it because I wanted to sit down with Aria and and let her watch me play a video game, and she started to really love the visuals of this game. So when I uh, started jumping into it like we started to really get into like oh you got a moon and like what does that mean oh you got a moon like it it means you you hit a new milestone in the game um uh and and that was really special kind of like as a dad playing a game with your kid it was really really cool so um the gameplay itself is very much like a 3d mario game that you're used to kind of harkens back to that super mario 3d world and on your n64 uh, but it's all about getting these moons to uh, travel the galaxy, or really, it's actually to travel the world, not the galaxy. It's to, to travel the world and uh, save Princess Peach from Bowser, who's forcing her to marry him. Uh, kind of rapey, I know, but it's it's uh, it's a silly story following the similar storylines that you get from any sort of Mario game. It's fine. It's, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously by any stretch of the imagination, but it's very endearing. Uh, the boss fights are really fun and engaging. The, the, um, the gameplay mechanics involving your hat, you toss your hat, you take over a thing, you get its powers and you solve puzzles and stuff that way. All that is very fun and different, very Nintendo. Um, but for me, what I loved was sitting down uh, on, on the weekends and Aria running up to me, Daddy, can we play Mario? Let's play Mario. Let's play Mario. That was fucking awesome because my, my daughter, you know, is two and a half. She doesn't quite get video games yet. She doesn't know how to play them, but she loves to watch me play them. I love to play video games. I get to do something and uh, that I love to do with the the little baby I love, my little Aria. So that uh, my my experience with Mario Odyssey was sure, like a bit of a heartfelt experience, which I think is fine. But in all seriousness, it really was a great gaming experience too. So uh, this is a game that was out for a while on the Nintendo Switch that I just now started to get into. If you have a Nintendo Switch and you have not played Super Mario Odyssey, do yourself a favor, pick it up. It's a wonderful uh, gaming experience that doesn't take itself too seriously, provides enough challenge um and enough reward uh to to make it worthwhile the reward is uh some you know uh like you get some like little collectibles and uh you you really feel a sense of accomplishment when you're uh completing each of the worlds um a lot to do even after the game ends so i don't want to go into too much spoiler territory the the this uh you get to do some cool stuff after the game is all over but uh either way Again, the uh, the game is Mario Odyssey, and uh, I recommend it. Let me think. Out of five, I would give it a solid four out of five. I really liked it. What are your guys' thoughts? Did you guys ever play this game? Uh, I have never played it. Um, I'm, again, so bad at the side-scroller 
world. I mean, it's not even a side scroller though. I know, but it's the jumping, collect uh, all the things. Yeah, just so bad at them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's something about the Nintendo aesthetic that I love, and it was very endearing. Um, I too am finding that I'm getting bad at that dawn, so I don't know if it's just getting older and uh, well, your reaction times just you know yeah <sighs> you know I I played. I've played Halo on on uh insane mode. But uh, you were talking about with with Arya, I mean one of the greatest greatest memories I have with my kids is is one weekend um my son John and I uh playing um Halo on insane mode and trying to beat the whole game. It was great. It was just an absolute blast. We're up to Did you finish it? Yeah. All hours of the night. Wow. Working together and trying to to beat the, it was fun. That's cool, man. There's something great about video games that brings you together, and uh, this is just one of those experiences where, especially as a parent, the three of us are dads here. Uh, as a parent playing video games with your kids when you're passionate about video games, uh, that's something that I'm just now getting into. The two of you have had plenty of experience doing that yourselves, uh, but that was just that was so special for me, guys. So yeah, I wanted man. to yeah, I wanted to share that with you. Uh, she'll be stealing controller. Well, the whole time, you know, like you have to hold them in two different hands because that way you can do like all the extra stuff. Uh, with Odyssey, by the way, do yourself a favor, hold the Joy Cons separate because you get to shake them and like do other stuff to to make your character do different things. But anyway, she kept saying, "Daddy, I want the blue one. I want the blue one because I have the blue and the red controller." So she, I was like, "No, no, honey, I like Daddy has to hold both of them." And she didn't quite get that for a little bit. I had to explain it to her. And she started to become. Got to get patient. her own set of Joy Cons. Yeah, I thought about. I, I actually have an extra set, but they're not colorful. They're they're just like you know the regular oh. dark gray, black, charcoal ones. Mm. So uh, they, so she's not as interested in them. So I got to figure it out. Anyway, it was a it was a wonderful time. So that's my video game review, Mario Odyssey, and that's going to do it, folks. That's the show. Let's clap it out. So um, if you would like to reach us and, and comment on anything that we discussed on the show, you could do so. Joystickandmouse at gmail.com. And you can head over to joystickandmouse.com to, uh, to learn how to contact us. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you're listening to this. Uh, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Uh, so from me, from Diddy, from J-Dimes. We wish you all the best, and we'll see you next time. See you later, bro. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>